Hey church, it's so good to be with you again and we're jumping into week number two of a three-part series called Help, I Missed My Calling. And we're praying that it blesses you, we're praying that you enjoy it and that you are touched. If we haven't uh, met before, my name is Jean-Michel, I'm one of the pastors here at Victory and I'm so grateful that you are here with us. Trust me, if you are here, God has a plan, He wants to talk to you today, I'm praying that you are going to be blessed. So we're here, we're pumped, we're ready for the Word, we're ready to encounter God. And uh, last week we spoke about Moses. We spoke about how he was a normal human being with faults, with failures, with issues, just like you and me. And we spoke about how in his humanity he took his purpose and his destiny into his own hands. He did things his way. He tried to get things done the way that he thought that they should be. And we spoke about how that ended him up in the desert, sitting by a well, far away from his destiny, far away from who God had called him to be. And some of us feel that way. It's true. I'm talking to you today. If you feel that way, like maybe we missed something, like maybe along the way we used to know where we were going, but now We're kind of lost. We're sitting by a well. We're in the desert. We're far away from where we we know God wants us to be. And we spoke about how the first step to finding our way back to God is to surrender. The first way back to our purpose is to surrender our will to God. To let Him have His way in our life. To let Him do what He does. Because when He leads, when He guides, we end up where he wants us to be. But have you ever felt this way? I'm asking you guys tonight. Have you ever felt this way? That you're sitting in a church, you're in a a pew or a seat, and you're listening to a preacher talk about how you need to surrender your will to God, and you're kind of saying, you know what? I know I have to surrender my will. I've heard that before. In fact, I've tried to do that. I am trying. I do surrender my will to God. So is there something wrong? Am I doing something wrong? Why? Do you keep telling me this? I have to surrender my will, but somehow it's not helping. If you feel that way, God's going to talk to you today. You see, Moses didn't learn this lesson right away, and neither do we. It took Moses a long time to get from where he was by that well to where God wanted him to be. And so if you're taking notes, today's sermon title is... I'm not the hero of the story. I am not the hero of the story. Let's pray and we'll get into it. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that it is your name above every other name. As we speak about your word, I pray you will come and talk to us. You will open up our hearts to hear your voice, that, Lord Jesus, your name will be glorified and our purposes and destinies in you will be revealed. Come and fill this room with your presence today, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so last week, we spoke about how Moses killed an Egyptian man, all right? He was trying to do the right thing, but he was going about it in the wrong way. He definitely took his destiny into his own hands in that moment. 
And there's a couple of reasons for that. The first reason is lack of patience. And I think we can all understand that. We can all kind of relate to that idea of not having enough patience to wait for what God was going to do. And, and Moses couldn't. He just couldn't wait any longer to, for God to do something in his life. He took it into his own hands. But there's a second reason why Moses found himself in that place, doing something for, for the right kind of reasons, but doing the wrong thing. And it's a subtle idea that slips into our lives kind of unnoticed. And I'm, gonna hope, I'm hoping that we're going to understand it and unpack it today. But Moses was dealing with a hero complex. What's a hero complex? Moses felt like he was the one that needed to be the hero of the story. He needed to come in, swoop in, save the day, do the thing. He was the one who was going to save everyone. And so switching gears for a second, I'm speaking to all the ladies who are here or maybe watching from home or from a campus. I want you to know something. All men love superhero movies. Every single one of us. I don't care whether he tells you he doesn't care about it. I don't care. If we had our way, we would be playing with our Superman toy all day long. We love hero movies. Why is that? Because we love that idea of, of, come, of the, that one guy facing all the odds, facing all the challenges. And, 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 and against all odds, he rises up and he saves the day. He destroys darkness single-handedly. He takes down the, the evil villain and he destroys all the bad things and he, and he lifts up the, the banner. He's the hero of the story. We love that idea. All men love it. We all are secretly thinking about how we can save the day and God should give us superpowers. And Moses was exactly the same way. It's human nature. It's who we are. And in fact, Moses shows us three times in the story that he saw himself as the hero. Three times. Two of them you've already seen. Two of those times are in Egypt. The first time is when he kills the Egyptian man. He looks at the Hebrew who's being beaten, the one who is vulnerable, the one who is downtrodden, and he says to himself, I'm going to step in. I'm going to save this man, my brother, my, my brethren. I am going to save him. And so what he does is he steps in and he kills the Egyptian. And in that moment, he actually thinks he's the hero. He saved the man. He saved his life. He stopped the beating from happening. He stepped in and he was the hero. And so he's feeling kind of good at that point in time. He's feeling like he's the hero. The second time we see it is the very next day. The word says that he goes out and he sees two Hebrew men fighting. We read about this last week. And he breaks them up. You know, He says, you know what? You guys are not supposed to fight each other. I'm going to step in and I'm going to sort out their problems. He sees himself as the hero again. I'm going to come in. I'm going to step in and sort their problems out for them. The problem is this time he doesn't earn a victory. In fact, he gets completely dismantled by the situation. And he ends up doing the one thing that is so cowardly. It's so unheroic. He runs away. He runs away. And so in that moment, he goes from hero to zero. He really does. He goes from being the hero, the strong man, to being nothing, to being the coward who runs away. 
And the third time that Moses shows us he sees himself as the hero happens in the very next verse. And we're going to read together. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 2, verse 16. We're going to read through 21. It says this, Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. Remember, Moses is sitting by a well in the land of Midian. The priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water. And they filled the troughs uh, to water their father's flock. Verse 17. Then the shepherds, other shepherds, came and drove the daughters away. What's going to happen next? But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. Let's take a break there. What's going on here? Moses is sitting downcast. He's sitting by a well, thinking about the defeat he just uh, encountered and the defeat he just went through. And an opportunity pops up. Moses does the right thing. But how many of us know that you can sometimes do the right thing for the wrong reasons and it's definitely not the right thing? And so what happens is Moses sees an, ex an opportunity to kind of stand up again and be the hero. You know what? I've faced a defeat, but I'm going to get up again. And he gets up and he drives away the shepherds who are getting in these daughters' face and these ladies' faces, and he drives them away. And not just that, he also waters the flock. He stands up and guess what? Moses is the hero again. And this time he earns the victory. This time he is the hero of the story. He saved the damsels in distress. We carry on reading in verse 18. When they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that you have come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. Verse 20. So he said to the daughters, Where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Let's take a pause there. Now Moses does the hero thing. He doesn't ask for the, the girls to pay him. He doesn't ask for them to honor him in any way. He just sends them on his way. I have saved you. You have been saved by the great Moses. Go and be at peace. And he leaves them, knowing very well that the honorable thing to do would be for that family to invite him in and honor him for what he has done. And that's exactly what they do. The father sends word and he comes that he might eat bread. What does that mean? It's a sign of honor. You find it all through the word where you, you break bread together as an honor for what you have done. And so what's going on in the story? Time and time again now, Moses' ego is being stoked. He is the hero. He's done the right thing. And he has been rewarded for it. It looks like things are going the right way. Imagine this in your life where you tried to go for your purpose. You tried to follow God into your destiny and then everything falls apart. You feel like you've gone the wrong way, but then you try again and the business starts to get momentum. The relationship, the ministry starts to grow again and things are happening. Now you feel, okay, maybe, maybe I am doing okay. Maybe everything is going the right direction again. And then all of a sudden, it all falls apart again. How did that even happen? How did I get to this place again? Things were going my way. This is where Moses is right now. He feels like things are going his way again. He's living up to who he's called to be. He's becoming the hero again. But let me ask you the question, where is Moses? Has he fulfilled his destiny? 
Has he stepped into what God has called him to do? No. He's still in Midian. He's still in the desert. He's nowhere near where God wants him to be. It means that even though it looks like he's stepping into his calling, he's not. He's still far away. Here's the danger. We read from verse 21. Then Moses was content to live with the man, and he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses, and she bore him a son. He called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. Moses is feeling like the hero right now. He's feeling like he is who God has called him to be. But he has now become content to live in the desert when his calling is in Egypt. It's waiting for him in Egypt, but he's content to wait in the land. He's found a place where he is celebrated. He's found a place that feels comfortable. He's found a place where he can be the hero. But I'm telling you today, That if you step into a place that God didn't call you to be, even if it feels good, even if it feels like things are working, there will be something in the back of your mind telling you you're meant for more. You're built for more. Come on. You're not built to be in the desert, to be somewhere that God never called you to be. You're meant to be in the palaces. You're meant to be where God has called you. And it took Moses a long time to figure this out. Forty years it took Moses to figure it out. And I'm hoping you and I today are not going to take 40 years. Come, let's get into it. You see, this hero complex that Moses is dealing with is innate in our fallen nature. What happens in the Garden of Eden between Adam and Eve and the snake, the serpent? The serpent says, did God really say that you would die? No, God actually just wants you to be pushed down. He doesn't want you to be like him. And so what do Adam and Eve do? They eat the fruit. Why? So they can become like God, not just like God. They want to be God. Why do we all, men and women alike, suffer with this hero complex? Like we need to save people. Like we need to provide for people. Like we have to be the hero of the story. Why? Because in our fallen nature, in our fallen state, we don't just want to be like God. We want to be God. We want to be the provider. We want to be the savior. It's deep inside of our brokenness in our fallen nature. You see, Moses' identity needs to be changed. If you noticed here, the daughters didn't say a Hebrew man. They say an Egyptian saved us. And that's a huge, we don't gloss over this. Nothing in the Bible is by mistake. That word Egyptian means this. Moses' very identity was Egyptian. Now the picture of Egypt in this story and all through the word is a picture of the world with Pharaoh being the king of this world and the way that this world does things. It means that Moses sounded like an Egyptian. It means that he, he looked like an Egyptian. He spoke like an Egyptian. He acted like an Egyptian. And they recognized him as an Egyptian. When you and I try to be the hero of our story, when you and I try to be the, the savior, the, the provider, the one who wins in the end, when we try and be that person, we're just like the world. We're trying to be like God trying to be our own gods in our own lives. But when we choose to let God change our identity, 
We do things in a different way. You see, God built us to be servant leaders. In God's kingdom, it's the other way around. It's not the strong hero at the top that saves the day. It's the servants who come in and serve others and care about others. They are known to be the first. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. God's kingdom is on its head. He calls us to be servant leaders. And Jesus himself is the perfect ideal example of the hero, the one who is the servant of others. In the same way that God wanted to change and needed to change Moses' identity from Egyptian to Hebrew, he wants to change your identity. He wants to change the way you think about yourself. He wants to change who you are from that of this world to that of his kingdom. You see, you are not the hero of your story You are a vessel for the hero of the story. God himself is the hero of every story. You see, Jesus is the center of this whole story. He's the center. Every picture, every hero in the Old Testament, from Abraham through to Joseph, Moses, Samson, David, they are all pictures of Jesus. They are foreshadows. They are deliverers who come in and show the way to Jesus. It's not about Moses. It's not about Samson. It's not about David. It's about Jesus. And it's not about you. It's about Jesus. And when God is the hero in the story, it's God's job to make it work out. It's God's job to make your destiny happen. It's God's job to give you purpose and hope and life. He's the hero in the story. And it took Moses 40 years to go from prince of Egypt to shepherd of Midian to finally the deliverer, the one who God called. It took him 40 years in that desert to figure out that he is not the hero of his story. Maybe you're in a space today where you can't understand why it's not working out. All you want to do is provide for your family. All you want to do is be an amazing minister. All you want to do is serve God's kingdom. Your thought is right. You're doing the right thing, but maybe you're going about it the wrong way. You see, when you're the one that has to make it happen, when it's dependent on how spiritual you are, on how good at providing you are, when it's on your shoulders to make your marriage work, to make your business work, you become the hero of your story. And there's only one way you're going. You're going to the desert. But when you let God become the hero of your story, you go from the desert straight back to where God called you to be. So how do we do that? How do we let God be the hero of our stories? It's just like this. When God is the hero, he does the work. He carries the burden on his shoulders. You see, Jesus split the Red Sea. He's the one that makes the path straight. He's the one that opens the doors. He's the one that empowers you. He's the one that encourages you. He's the one that gives you the life that you're looking for. He's the one who gives you what you need. You see, this is what grace is. It's an empowerment of God's spirit, God's very life to accomplish things you could never accomplish because He accomplishes them for you. When your destiny 
destiny is bigger than you could ever imagine, you rely on Jesus to have it happen. That means Jesus is the one who builds your business. You're seeing yourself as the CEO, but Jesus is the CEO. You're seeing yourself as the husband who provides for his family, but Jesus is the provider. He's the one that brings finances. You see yourself as the one who needs to mend the relationship with your husband, who needs to mend the relationship with your family member. But Jesus is the one who mends the relationship, not you, because Jesus is the hero of the story. This is how you surrender your will to God, is by saying, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to be the one who does it. I'm not going to be the hero. I'm going to let you take your role, Jesus. I'm going to let you be the hero of the story. And when you do that, God opens the doors. He opens them wide. Maybe you're looking at yourself and you feel like you're the hero, like you're still trying to make it happen, like you're still putting in the effort. I'm here to tell you today that grace says He finished the work for you. Moses needed 40 years in that desert to realize he was not an Egyptian and he was not a hero. He was simply a man who was a vessel for God. Today, will you learn that lesson with me as we're all figuring out how to surrender our wills, surrender our lives to Jesus more and more? Will you hear it today? And will you let God be the hero of your story? If that makes sense to you today, let's pray together for a moment. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you come into our situations, you come into our lives, and you bring life where there was darkness, where there was brokenness. Lord, I pray for every person who's trying to find their way back to their purpose and their calling. Lord, that they would make you the center of everything that they do. Lord, be the hero in their story. Save them. Empower them. We give you all the space. We're not going to try and do it anymore. We're not going to try and be the right people anymore. We're going to let you be the hero of the story. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a second as we're coming to the end of the service, if you are trying to find your place with Jesus and you know you've never surrendered your heart to Him, I want to give you an opportunity to get into relationship and to get into closeness with Jesus. If you're feeling that thing in your heart right now, that's God calling you. Maybe you want to make your life right with Him. Maybe you want to, for the first time ever, dedicate your life and give your life to Jesus. Will you pray this prayer with me? Say this, Lord Jesus, I come to you today just as I am. All my faults, all my failures, I give it all to you. I believe that you are king, you are God, and you are the hero of my story. Today, I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, it's the best decision you could have ever, ever made. We're standing with you. We're excited with you. Connect with us. Just click that button in the chat right now. Connect with us so that we can walk the journey out with you. In Jesus' name. Church, I'm here to tell you today that from that desert, 
Moses moved his way all the way back to Egypt and he became who God called him to be. He became the deliverer. He led those Israelites out of Egypt and to the promised land. He fulfilled his call and destiny. And I prophesy over your life today that you will fulfill your call and destiny. Release in Jesus' name your call and destiny into his hands. Let him be that for you. Let him do the work. Let him provide the way. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. Let him be your servant king and he will empower you to your destiny in Jesus' name.